helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Today's show is titled, How to Tame Your Anger. Anger is easily the most misunderstood emotion. Some people see it as a bad emotion that should be avoided totally. Some believe it is good to vent your feelings of anger by hitting an object such as a punching bag or hitting a pillow, whereas others believe such practices are harmful. In my opinion, anger is an emotion created by God and so anger in itself is not bad or sinful. The scripture tells us that Jesus himself was angry on at least two occasions, yet the scripture said Christ was sinless. Like any emotion, anger which which can serve good purposes can get out of control and become harmful to oneself and others. We see an example in Numbers 20, verse 8 to 12, of anger that has gotten out of control. It is the anger of Moses. And because of Moses' anger getting out of control, God punished Moses by not allowing him to live to see the promised land. So as we go into today's show, it may be fitting for me to give you a list of signs that indicate your anger is out of control. I will then follow that up with a list of steps that you can take to overcome your anger. The steps that I will be given requires time and effort and will not include basic things like take a deep breath or counting to 10. While these things are helpful, they simply do not work because anger that is out of control often kicks in faster than you have time to think. Maybe you you have been struggling with anger and know what I am talking about. So here is how you can identify if your anger has become toxic. Has your anger put you or others in harmful situation? For example, you find yourself driving at fast speed to chase down someone who has cut you off on the highway. Do you find yourself getting into conflict with people you don't know, total strangers who could be harmed and dangerous? If you answer yes to this, then then this is an example that your anger has become toxic. Number two, have you become angry over very minor things? For example, you find yourself throwing the screwdriver because the project you are working on is giving you some difficulty. Three, maybe family members and friends have commented about your anger. 
Four, you have broken things, hit pets, or hit others in anger. Maybe you know what it is to have punched your fist through this, through, through the drywall, or you have thrown your computer or your phone and have broken these objects in anger. Five, you often regret your actions after you have had time to calm down and to think about what you have done. Six, you are often angry several times over the course of any given week. Seven, you say cruel or mean things to others during conflict. And eight, you have relationships with others that have been tarnished by your anger. So there are the eight signs. If you have answered yes to any of these eight things, it is quite likely that your anger has become toxic. So now I want to move on to give uh, some steps that you can take to correct that anger. And the first thing that I think you need to do if you're going to overcome your anger is to assess the cost of your anger. How is your anger affecting your health, for example? Studies have shown that people who are angry more frequently and more intensely are at risk for all heart disease events, including heart attack, silent heart attack, and bypass surgery. They are more likely to die suddenly from an, from a heart attack than than others. So think about that. How is the anger, how is your anger affecting your health? Maybe you have hypertension. Hypertension and high blood pressure is often linked to anger. How is your anger affecting your relationship with others? How is it affecting your marriage? How is it affecting your children? According to research from McLean Hospital, what seems like harmless anger may cause invisible damage to the brains of young children. And they're saying that the effect on these young children's brain, it's like a scarring that lasts into their adult life that affects them mentally. And so it is important to realize that your angry words are not just words. They're actually poison darts that enter the minds of your children who witness your outrage and your anger outbursts, who sees you, who see you throwing things. Those events are scarring the brain, uh, the brain, brains of your children. And so it's very important to realize that the, these, the anger that you're displaying is having a tremendous cost on your life and the life of others. Think also about how anger might be affecting you financially over time. Those objects that you've broken that you have to replace, those things, the cost of those things add up. Or maybe your anger has cost you your job. Maybe you have been fired because you just could not hold back from having these anger outbursts. Think about the cost that this will have on your life in the long run. 
What about friendships? Maybe you have friendships with others that have been uh, have been have ended because of your uncontrollable anger. In this first step, it's important for you to to set some time aside to answer all of these questions and to to take stock of how your anger has affected your life. It's also important to understand that anger affects also our ability to be rational. Research out of Framingham State University show that Anger makes us more susceptible to misinformation. So it's quite possible that a lot of these conspiracy theories and misinformation that are, uh, that, that are going ar- around is rooted in, in anger. People are angry at what's happening in the world, what's happening in their life, and it makes them more prone to misinformation. The second step is to assess the root of your anger. Anger can be hereditary. Moses was from the tribe of Levi, a tribe that was known for for their anger. We read in Genesis 49 that when Jacob was pronouncing a prophecy over his sons that he said to Simeon and Levi, Simeon and Levi are brothers. Their sword are weapons of violence. Let me not enter their council. So which tribe was Moses from? Moses was from the tribe of Levi. So it's quite possible that there was something hereditary in Moses' anger. We read of Moses in Exodus 2 uh, killing a man. It says, one day after Moses had grown up, he went out where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Looking this way and that and see no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. So here we have Moses from the tribe of Levi that Jacob, the father of that tribe, said, uh, the Levites are prone to anger. And so we see that in this sense, the, the anger of Moses could be hereditary. And so he's acting out of this, this place of ancestry that he's not aware of. So in Genesis 49 that I referred to earlier on, Jacob went on to say, let me not join their assembly speaking about the descendants of Levi. Let me not join their assembly, for they have killed men in their anger. And so we see here that Moses, in killing this Egyptian, is acting out of this this place of anger and this impulsive reaction that is deeply rooted in, in in the ancestry of the tribe that he is from. So, did you see toxic anger displayed by your parents or early caregivers? So, it can be hereditary, but it can also be learned. Did you see toxic anger? Is there a generational curse of anger 
that runs in your family. As you look back, can you say, I can see how my dad was like that, or I can see how my grandfather or my mother was like that? Is the root of your anger the result of emotional pain? These are all questions that we have to ask as we try to assess in the second point of assessing the root of anger. So it could be hereditary, it could be learned from your family of origin, but it could also be the result of emotional pain that you have suffered in your childhood. We have a saying in in counseling that the other side of the coin of anger is hurt. People who are often angry and impulsively angry are people who are carrying hurt. And so, for example, the person who is always swearing at others on the highway, who is trying to cut in front of them and they're going to speed up so that they don't allow that person the other lane to to come in front of them, this person could be carrying a pain from their past where they have felt like a loser. They have felt like others have taken advantage of them. They have felt inferior to others. And so letting this other motorist in who is trying to change lane is triggering this fact that this person is getting ahead of me and is making me feel inferior. So there is this impulse to speed up and to 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 keep that other person out and for for no rational reason it is deeply rooted in an emotional pain that that is making them act in that irrational way similar we find that a lot of people who are or incarcerated uh, have done things out of anger because the the things that they have reacted to were things that triggered their emotional pain. So someone may have just looked at them in a certain way that they interpreted to mean hostility. And because they were brutally treated by their parents as children, or they were sexually abused uh, by others. They react with such a violence that others, other wonders, why would you stab a person for just looking at you or for accidentally bouncing into you? It is because there is an emotional pain at the root of that anger. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic, How to Tame Your Anger. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com or by calling 1-877-204-2914 where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling for those who can't afford it. Back to Michael. And the third step is to challenge the assumptions and negative self-talk behind your anger. So let me go back to the road rage analogy because I think this is a very common one even with Christians. And so if you have this uh, 
road rage that you're constantly angry when you're driving and you're constantly swearing at others under your breath. It could be that there are some assumptions that you have about life that are causing you to react that way. So, for example, people should know how to drive. And you're so angry because these people don't seem to be driving according to the standard that you have in mind. But I want you to challenge that assumption because in real life, there are going to be good drivers and bad drivers. And why should you let those bad drivers on the road ruin your day or cause you to lose your peace? If you can come to this place where you challenge that assumption where you say, I'm going on the road today and there's, there, there are going to be good drivers and bad drivers. It's just a part of life like everything else. You are less likely to be upset when someone drives in a manner that they're not supposed to. Or maybe your assumption is that people should obey the speed limits. That's a, a, a an, an assumption that is not rational. There are going to be people who break the speed limit. So when that person is going uh, 30 kilometers over the speed limit and you are fuming with anger in your car and you are swearing under your breath because they are not going the speed limit or they're cutting in and out in a way that is not according to how the the rules of the road uh, dictates... This is based on your assumption that people should follow the rules or drive in a certain manner. But that's irrational. What? It, why is it that you should feel that way? If you can change that mindset to a mindset that say, when I go on the road today, I am going to see drivers who speed I'm going to see drivers who break the rules of the road, who, who change lane without signaling. Then you are less likely to become angry over those events. So that kind of lead into my next point, which is be proactive in battling anger. Be proactive in battling anger. And what I mean by this is that the things that make you angry is no big surprise to you. When you're leaving your home in the morning, you already know that you're going to be angry with the people on the road who break the, the rules of the road because people around you will already know that as well. Your family members who are in the car with you, they probably are feeling anxious driving with you, knowing that you're going to have a bad time on the road where you're going to be swearing and giving people the finger. So they know the drill and you know the drill as well that you will lose your cool as you go on the road. So being proactive uh, involves 
taking time before you go on the road to say, I know what I'm going to be facing this morning. I'm trying to overcome my anger. So I'm going to will to myself that I will not be angry when that first person changes lane without signal or when that first person cuts me off. I will not be angry today. And this is the only way you're going to be able to get over your your anger. This, this, or I should say, these are the kinds of strategies that is going to help you to get over your anger. Because if you wait until you're in the situation to think about it or to count to 10 or to hold your breath, it's going to be too late. You have to be proactive, to think ahead, to plan ahead. I'm going into this traffic and I know what it's going to be. Or maybe it's at the office and you know that there is this person in the office who is going to be this know-it-all that is going to make you explode in anger as you usually do in your morning meeting. And you are going to say to yourself, today I'm going to go in and Tom is going to act like this and I am going to will to myself that when he does that, I am going to just put a smile on my face and ignore the fact that he's acting that way. And so proactive is a very important step because what it means is that you're retraining your brain day after day to act differently than you're accustomed to acting in these given situations. So think about situations at work that make you angry. Think about situations on the road that make you angry. Or maybe you're the kind of person that I I, I used an example earlier on if that you're putting together this 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 furniture that you bought at IKEA and you're putting it together and you know that when you do those projects there is going to become this there's going, you're going to come to this spot sooner or later where things are not going as well as it should. And you're going to explode and throw your screwdriver before you start the project. Take some time to pray and to say to yourself, with the help of God, I am not going to lose my cool today when things become difficult with this project I am working on. So be proactive in battling your anger. And the fifth point is to become accountable to others. You will never uh, be able to fight the anger on your own. You need to have others around you that you're accountable. So find people who you can speak to on a regular basis about your successes in battling anger and your failures. So when you have set aside, when you, when you have set up this, this proactive way of dealing with anger and you were able to have that first successful morning where you went on the road and this person cuts in front of you and you say a prayer for them and you are singing and you're listening to your, your, your songs of praise and you're not reacting in anger. Call your accountability partner when you get to work and say, I have had this success, this morning. And so this will encourage you to continue to have more successes as you 
as you go along. But it's also important to report failures as well, because that's a way of debriefing. If you have someone that you're accountable to and you have will to yourself that you are not going to fail, but this one person kept cutting in front of you and you were successful the first two times they did it, but on the third time you, you lost your cool. Talk to your accountable partner about this. Now, the Bible, uh, this is a principle that the Bible talks about when in the book of James, it says, confess your faults one to another, your sins one to another, that you may be healed. Not that you may be saved, but that you may be healed. And so when you have this accountability with others that you can talk about your failures, are uh, quote-unquote sin, as the Bible say, it's a way of of developing uh, a mindset to say, I'm taking this serious and I'm going to try to do better the next time that I come across this situation. And the sixth and final point in in overcoming or taming your anger is to develop a daily calming routine. And I say calming routine, and this can, this can, this can mean many different things. But for Christians, a calming routine could mean a time when you, a quiet time where you sit and you read, uh, passages of the Bible and you spend time praying. Or it could be a time when you just sit quietly before God. And so uh, many of us, we become so busy that we are on autopilot all the time and we do not have this space to really sit quietly and to calm our central nervous system down. And so our body is always in this fight or flight mode. And so something happens and we're quickly triggered for to anger because we are never really fully relaxed. So set up a daily calming routine where uh, where you sit and you pray or you spend time listening to calming music, whatever music it is that makes you feel relaxed or meditate on being in a peaceful place where you're you're just one with nature whatever it is that works for you you need to have a calming routine and so this calming routine i suggest that you start first with 3 minutes and then you gradually build up week after week to a point where you can get to 10 minutes. So in counseling, this is called mindfulness. So mindfulness has been shown to, or meditation has been shown to be very effective and it actually brings about changes in the structure of our brain. People who meditate regularly, studies have been done that show that meditation actually changes the structure of the brain in a positive way where people deal better with stress and they become more tranquil. So if you're going to overcome your anger, this is a must. This is an exercise that you have to practice. As I said before, the the steps here is not simply about taking deep breaths, but if you can do these six steps that I have recommended here today, you will see a tremendous improvement in your anger. 
So there you have it, how to tame your anger. If you have questions about anything that you have heard today and you'd like uh, further explanation, or if you need help with this kind of issue or any mental health or couple-related issue, feel free to give us a call through the numbers on our website. Our website is elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. We also want to remind you that we are not for a profit organization that counts on your support to stay on the air. And so if you have not contributed to this ministry as yet and you enjoy these these radio show and, and the work that we do, then uh, please consider giving a donation. If you have missed the first part of this show, I want to also remind you that you can listen to it in its entirety on our YouTube channel just by typing in Elim Counseling Services in YouTube. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.